tour all night is supported by listeners like you. To find out how you can help, head over to patreon.com slash songsoftoryamos. There you'll see what exciting rewards we're offering for your support. Once again, that's patreon.com slash songsoftoryamos to help us continue to make high-quality and tourytainment for you. Everybody. Welcome back to Tour All Night, Season 2. It's been four and a half long, lonely years since Tori hit the road. But finally, this February, she embarks on a whirlwind zigzag across Europe. And we do mean zigzag. But guess what? We'll be right behind her covering every aspect of the tour. From wills and wants to pre-show plans and post-show impressions, we'll be at every stop along the way bringing you all the hottest tea about our favorite tea. But first, we must prepare. So in this series of episodes, we sit down with a different person from every tour stop along the way and invite them to be our tour guide and answer our most important questions. What are the vibes? Where are the gay bars? And can we sleep on your couch? But also anything else that pops into our head. Get to know a little bit more about each city on Tori's European schedule, and most importantly, the people that are coming to the shows. Welcome back. This is Tour All Night. That was that was such a surprise. Like the girl from yeah. Paris, she's so cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I can't recall a time in recent memory that I have been this devastated because we're at the end of the tour. I'm here on the line with Jillian Rappel, who is a basically lifelong Dubliner. Hi, Jillian. Hi, Efren. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for ending our tour with a bang. It's lovely to talk to you. It's great. Dublin is my favorite city of anywhere I've ever been, except for maybe Edinburgh. It rivals Edinburgh, but only because I spent more time in Edinburgh. But every brief encounter I've had with Dublin, it's been, you know, that movie Before Sunset where, I mean, I've never met the love of my life there, but I've yeah. met the city love of my life. You might too. You might. I'm hoping. I've been hoping. Yeah. Tell us about you first. Talk to us about how you discovered Tori Amos, what your Tori story is, how many times you've seen her, and were you at the 2005 Dublin shows where I was? Yes, I was at those shows. I was in the front row for one of them. They had like a contest where you could send in an email and say why you should get the front row seats. And I got them and it was incredible to be so close. But I guess going back to the beginning, I think I was 13 and I was watching Top of the Pops and she was playing Crucify. And I always remember her wearing just this almost like it was a green skirt, but it looked just like a green towel. You know, she had that very like just with suits and jeans and, you know, not dressed up. And I just, I don't know, something happened when I heard that song. And it just spoke to me in a very big way. And I just loved, you know, from the minute I heard it. And I think that weekend I went into HMV, which is the big record shop in town on Grafton Street. And I got the cassette single of Crucify, which I have right here on the really? desk. Really? Like, yeah. It's like a sacred object. Yeah, I just loved her forever. Just you know, I feel like especially the first five albums, maybe just every word and every note is just burned into my brain. I've listened so many times. Mm. The big thing about Crucify that I loved was just the whole thing of, I, I remember a quote that she said something like, instead of being baptized with a few drops of water sprinkled on her, she had her head held under for years. Yeah, Do you remember 13 that long years. Yeah, I know about anything Christian, honey. They baptized me for 13 bloody years. They held my head way down, baby. Yeah, that's really how I felt too. You know, Ireland was very, very Catholic and very Catholic schools. And I mean, it has become, it's very, very different now. It's much more liberal. 
but it really did feel I really identified with that part of it too and um, you know the lyrics and her voice and just everything so yeah I'm going to link to that performance from Top of the Pops on June 25th 1992 where she does Crucify it is classic 92 era Tori it is you know over the neck halter or whatever you call those shirts (laughs) with like thick velvety green there's a lot of wriggling shock with like fire engine hair so it's like everything you want out of 92 Tory. Yes. <laughs> so put yeah. that there. But I identify with Dublin or feel at home in Dublin because where I'm from, Las Cruces, New Mexico, is super Catholic as well. Oh. And I was raised Catholic, you know, and mm-hmm. not that I really identified ever. Like once I came out, I left Catholicism behind. But I feel like the religious iconography in Dublin reminds me of home. And I just feel like... I'm home. It's weird. That's so interesting. Wow. I'm a teacher now and I'm teaching in a Catholic school and I nearly have to not quite pretend, but, you know, not really be open about my views or how I feel about things. And it's still, we still have a long way to go, but it definitely has become, I think the two things recently that changed Ireland a lot were the repeal referendum and the gay marriage referendum. Mm. And those two things just were this huge shift, I think, in how we think. And, you know, especially for the older generation, I think, and my parents and things are much more open now than they were. So you're saying I can get married in Dublin? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to have to do that. That'll be one of the things on my list. Although we can get married here and I have it. We'll see. (laughs) Is Crucify your signature song? You know, I no. Tell me. <laughs> I sat down today to try and figure it out, and I got a list of 11. <laughs> <laughs> That's the perfect size for a top 10 list. Because it's too hard. It's like picking your favorite child, I think. I mean, you can't. But I think the ones my real loves are, you know, Sugar, mm. Space Dog. I just, there's something about Space Dog and all the different live ways it changed. I love Tallulah, too. Mm-hmm. And Donut Song, mm. and Liquid Diamonds. They would be my, if I had to just pick you know, a couple, they would be it. When was the first time you saw Tori? And did you request anything? Have you talked to her at the meet and greet? I saw her in 94. (gasps) And I was looking again today at the listings of where she played and it's always listed wrongly. So it was the National Stadium, which is like a boxing stadium. It's really like shabby and not a nice venue. But that's where she played in 94. And, and not um, the Olympia, because that's how it's listed. Not the Olympia. Yeah. So wow. it's listed wrongly everywhere. I'm sure I still have the ticket somewhere. And I remember I wanted to stay afterwards and my parents were just like, no, she's not going to come out. How? Why would she speak to people? You know, they wouldn't believe me. So we just had to go home. You know, I was so young then that, you know, they were picking me up. But that's the one where she has spoken a lot about how she played Teen Spirit. It was just after Kurt died Mm -hmm. and everyone started singing along with her. And it was really special. And I think uh, I'll always remember that one. That's the show she always talks about. Yeah, that's the one. And were you singing along? Yeah, everyone was. Yeah. And then there was a huge big gap. The next time was 2001 in Union Chapel. Oh, you were one of my favorite shows of all time. Yeah, that was incredible. And that was, I remember you were talking with one of the other people on one of the shows about Ryanair and how, you know, it's not very nice. It's not like... Let me just explain. I talk a lot of shit. I'm sorry, Julie. <laughs> a lot of times I don't even know what I'm saying. I apologize. No, this was pre-Ryanair, you see, in 2001. So now you could fly to London or fly to Paris or wherever for like 10 euro or one euros sometimes but this was before all of that started so myself and my he was my boyfriend now he's my husband we got the train and the ferry over to London and it was like 12 hours where you know to fly it's 
less than one hour but this was like this big long 12 hour epic journey oh to God. get to London and we had no money we were totally broke and yeah it was an amazing amazing show and then there was 2003 that was Scarlet and I think there was two London shows but I can't remember which one I'd have to go looking for the tickets and see which one and then there was North Carolina which is a really random one in my yeah. list but <laughs> my two aunts my dad's sisters lived in well they were for years in Florida and then they moved to North Carolina and so then my dad we had a house there for a couple of years too and it just happened that we were over there for the summer when Tori was playing oh my god you're so lucky so, I mean we had to go <laughs> and it was this big long road trip um and I dragged my whole family <laughs> To see Tori in Raleigh, I think is that how you say it mm-hmm. in North Carolina? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was just it was so different to seeing her here because it was this gorgeous outdoors, like in the middle of a forest almost, and um, it was really hot. It was just gorgeous, and it was really beautiful. And I remember at the end, the last two or three songs, maybe my family got to come in and meet me at the back, and they got to hear a couple of songs too. Because um, they were there to pick me up again. Oh, how funny! You dragged them there, but you didn't. <laughs> yeah. You, we, they didn't have tickets. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I think my sister came with me. Oh, okay. Um, so it was me and my sister, but then they all got to come in at the end. That's the other thing, I suppose. Here, like, I never had like a Tory community or Tory friends at all. Uh-huh. I always felt very alone here. So, Aww. so I would, you know, rope in one of my sisters and I still, you know, one of them is going to come to London with me this time. And my two sisters are going to come to the Dublin and the Cork ones, I think. But I always felt like there was this big Tory community you know, but just not here. And um, I remember in the very beginning of, you know, when the internet started and there were those music groups, like the, what was it, like rec.music.toryamos. Yeah, the RMTA, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and the Dent and all of those was, you know, my one sort of connection with people who were like me because there was nobody. I had no one. (laughs) And then after the 2003 Raleigh show, you went to, the next ones were in Dublin where we were in the same room. Yeah, Ugh. yeah. Weren't those great shows? They were fantastic shows, yeah. And I think she played a really good version of Ireland, one of those. It was, a, I think, the first one. And let's talk about that song. How do you reconcile that song as an Irish person? Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you think's happening there? Is she driving to the airport? <laughs> like, I have no idea. Or is she mean, driving to Northern driving, Ireland? Maybe she's driving over to get the ferry over here. I mean, I don't know. Oh, int- Or maybe she's in Northern Ireland driving to Ireland. Oh, I never considered that. No, but that. you see, you wouldn't say you're driving to Ireland if you're up. No. <laughs> oh, you wouldn't? <laughs> no. Why not? <laughs> They're in Ireland. <laughs> but she's in Northern Ireland. Maybe she's very specific. Mm. No, the people up there would not. No, they consider most of them anyway. I mean, it's all very complicated, but they're in <laughs> um, After talking with uh, the boys from Cork yesterday, me and Peter decided that we're going to rent a Saab on the day after the tour is oh over because we're going to be there for an extra two days. The day after the tour is over, we're going to rent a Saab and drive to the church, the Pele Church. <gasps> Oh my God. Yes. That is a very good idea. Yeah. Yeah. I I was thinking I was going to do maybe a run out there beforehand and check it out and maybe talk to the the reverend or the vicar or whoever it is and, you know, say there might be some people coming. Weirdos coming here in the next week or two. (laughs) Can we come in, please? And, you know, scream out the Inanna. Yeah. Oh, that's exactly what I want to do. I can't rest. I won't won't rest until I do that. We need to do that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Wow. How basic. How Tori basic. I mean, you know, and, and that just always killed me that she recorded that here and, there, and that she didn't play here for mm-hmm. Pele mm. or that there was this big gap. And, you know, I guess it's just because of the cost of shipping everything over here. But it just felt like we were forgotten for a long time. Yeah, it sucks. I remember being there in 2005 and just the vibe there bet- but amongst all the Irish people, just like really excited about the show. The fact that the show was in such a tiny venue is what I remember. It was in like a dinner theater room bar. Baker uh, Street, yeah. Right? Baker Street is tiny, but it's, I mean, it's one of our nicer venues. Oh, it's I mean, gorgeous. It's... I loved it. I, I wanted to play there every time. I'm surprised she's not playing it this time yeah this venue is like it's mostly tables and seats and then there's like three or four rows of just like seats behind that it's really really intimate i loved it there it's gorgeous yeah yeah. and i just they can they they can take all the seats out too and i've been at loads of standing shows there too really yeah it was nice to just sit and be able to you know really focus yeah Okay, so talk to me about Dublin. Three things that you love. You've lived there your whole life, basically. What are three Mm. things that you love about Dublin? And what are the general vibes besides amazing? I love that, you know, we're very close to the sea and we're very close to the mountains. And we're sort of, from where I live, we can, you know, if you drive 15 minutes one way or another way, you can be by the sea or you can be up a mountain. And that's, I just love that, that you can get out of the city. Like we have everything here really close to us. And Dublin, I guess is small enough too that you can get around it really easily and you can get wherever you need to get but you can get out of the city very easily too and i guess i love to it's a very literary city Mm -hmm. you know there's a lot of um you know all the museums and there's just a ton of history here which is so interesting and i think there's been a lot of conversations here recently about how we're losing a little bit of that so it's it is changing and i think people are trying to fight against that a bit and keep all these um sort of cultural spaces that we that we love and that we need but there's still tons to do here it's still i love it i love to travel and i love to go places but i i couldn't imagine living anywhere else really i mean i've never been there in the winter the show is friday march 18 2022 the day before is cork the day after is do what you want you're free the tour's over yeah. i've never been there in the winter i guess that's winter right march is still considered winter yeah i mean the thing about the weather it'll probably be cold and i think it was something that's really different when i've always been in the states i'm always laughing at the weather forecast because it's so accurate and here (laughs) you know it can change in two minutes and you might look at the weather app in the morning and see whatever it says but you know you can't (laughs) you can't go by that really you have to be prepared for everything so it can rain or it can be sunny and warm five minutes later it can just be Every type of weather, every day. How do you suggest preparing for everything when you've got one <laughs> carry-on and one personal item <laughs> for five oh. weeks? Do you know that shop, Uniqlo? Do oh, yeah, I love it? Uniqlo, yeah. Do they have those, I think it's called heat tech. It's like layers of, you know, warm under things. I would get a bunch of those because they can fold up really small. Mm. And then if you just have some, like, waterproof something... Oh my God, I'm looking these up. Uniqlo saves the day yet again. Oh, yep. Absolutely. Like the really form-fitting underclothes. Yeah. Yeah. Because you need to be able, if you go in somewhere, you need to be able to take off layers. So it's all about, you Mm -hmm. know, layers and layers rather than one big heavy jumper or coat or something. I planned an outfit. I planned like a long thermal undershirt, basically like these Uniqlo heat tech shirts, Mm -hmm. which we'll link to on our show notes page. I planned basically an undershirt layered underneath a t-shirt, 
under my puffy vest with a scarf and then my big jacket over. And I was standing in that outfit with Peter and Shaggy and I was kind of like cold. And they're like, you're ridiculous. You need a warmer jacket. Like, no, it's fine. Maybe some wool stuff too. Wool is good. Yeah. Well, I don't want to, I don't want to like get too hot where I sweat. No. Yeah. Because you need to be able to take things off too when you go in somewhere. I mean, you know, you might just get used to it after a couple of days. Yeah, probably. See how you feel. And if you're you're still cold, just buy more stuff. Yeah, I agree. And if I get hot, just leave it behind. Yeah. There was a program when we were younger called Forty Coats. And it was this old shabby guy. And he just wore 40 coats. And he, you know, (laughs) so that's, that's what you could go for. I would love that. So talk to us more about what there is to do. We're going to be there. I guess we're getting in that day. And we're going to be there through the next day, even though we're going for a little jaunt to see the church. We'll be back in the afternoon. What can we do? What are we? What is there to do that you would recommend for two young girls on the town? I mean, it kind of depends on what you're into. I love there's a new museum of literature on Stevens Green. It's called Moli, M-O-L-I. It's just a gorgeous, even if you're not super into literature, it's just a lovely space to walk around. It's really nicely done and it's kind of interactive and just really nicely done. And they have a beautiful garden behind and it, I think you can go through their garden into the Ivy Gardens where Tori played as well. Oh yeah, the festival where she looked amazing. Yeah, she did. That was 2010. So that's one place that's gorgeous. You do not want to know how I was pronouncing it before. <laughs> oh, no, no, you, you have to tell me no, now. No, 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 we're good. <laughs> Ivy Gardens, that's what I was saying. Yeah, Ivy Gardens. The National Gallery is gorgeous too. And it's all the, well, not all, but a lot of the galleries and museums are in one little sort of area that, you know, you can easily jump between them. And they're all free too. So you can just pop in for 10 minutes and pop out again. Um, but the National Gallery is gorgeous because it has the old classical gorgeous wing and then it has a really modern new section that was built on recently Mm -hmm. and the way they've joined up those two buildings is really gorgeous too there's like a little courtyard between them so even just to walk through is really nice then if you're there i would pop over to marion square is one of our parks in the city and there's a really famous statue of oscar wilde Mm. on the corner in that park so i would say hi to him then there's another gallery which is completely the other end of town but still like an easy walk i'd say 20 minutes um it's called a hugh lane gallery there's lots to see there there's some gorgeous stained glass there but i think the main really interesting thing is there's an artist francis bacon and they've taken his studio and they've moved his whole studio into this gallery and you can you can look in and you can see. And if you if you Google it there and see, it's a huge, huge, huge mess. It's incredible. There's just brushes and paint and things flung everywhere. But wow. they put every paintbrush is exactly where he had put it. And it's just so interesting to see and to imagine him working there. So that's I would I would definitely go up there. And I think that's free too. Oh, there's another one that I haven't been to, but it's called the Epic Museum, and it's all about immigration and basically how all the Irish people sort of got scattered all over the world and it's meant to be very interactive and very um very visual and just done in a really nice way that's down by the keys bit of a walk away Mm. but it's meant to be really good so we've arrived by train or bus we've arrived by train probably to Um, Dublin from Cork yeah I would get the train 
We've arrived there. We've checked into our hotel. We've taken a stop off at the Moli, M-O-L-I, the Museum of Literature, because even though we're several months late, on December 3rd, they had an exhibition of Samuel Beckett poems, a curated collection, yeah. an audio cinematic experience. And I love Samuel Beckett, like one of my favorite playwrights of all time. So we've got to pay our respects at Moli. And then we've seen <laughs> our statue of Oscar Wilde. But now we want a coffee. Where do we get a coffee? There's really good coffee. I would not go to Starbucks. There's Starbucks. No. I would never. (laughs) I would rather, no, I would just never. Good, yeah, okay. So there's an Irish chain called Butler's Coffee Shops, and they're everywhere too. You know, if you're close to one of those, their coffee is good, and they give you a chocolate with every coffee, so they do these like fancy artisan chocolates too that are lovely. They're all over the city. If you want to go somewhere really nice, then there's a place on Grafton Street called Bewley's Cafe, and that's just like a Dublin institution. Everyone knows it, and everyone loves it, and there was during the pandemic when everything was closed they announced that they were closing (gasps) everybody was just yeah brokenhearted really sad because it's just such a beautiful building and it's got these gorgeous stained glass windows by harry clark who's um an irish artist and They've changed, you know, it's not the way it used to be years ago. They've kind of changed the, you know, the type of food and, you know, but if you still, if you go in there for a food or a coffee, you'll still get a feeling of what it was like. Wait, so they were closing, but then they reopened or? They reopened, yes. Thank God. (laughs) They were saved, yeah. Bewley's, B-E-W-L-E-Y-S, yes? Yeah, on Grafton Street. Is there a gay part of town? Is Grafton Street the gay part of town? No, I would say where the Olympia is and between the Olympia, which is on Dame Street and Grafton. Grafton Street is kind of the main pedestrianized shopping street. And then in between those two are lots of little smaller streets with lots of bars and restaurants and stuff. So I would say there's loads of places in, there isn't specifically a gay part, but maybe around Georgia Street, there's a place called the George Mm. on Georgia Street. And that's kind of the one that everyone everyone knows. Um, So that would be a good one to try. And there's another one which is on the other side of the river on Capel Street called Panty Bar. Panty Bar! (laughs) So you see, Panty is a drag queen. I think his name is Rory, Rory O'Neill. And his drag name is Panty Bliss, I think. So his that's his place, Panty Bar. Okay. Um, I haven't been, but it looks really cool. He's also a really cool activist. And he's done, if you look him up, he did this incredible speech in the Abbey Theatre all about, there was a, sort of a scandal about whether there was homophobia in the media. And he made this incredible speech that became, went all over the world, became really famous. So that's him. I would say those two places. Looks super cute. I'm looking at pictures of Panty Bar and it says popped in someone wrote popped in for a few drinks on Monday the 13th with a friend and was met at the door by the doorman who checked COVID ID and our own ID so it seems pretty safe they felt really safe yeah it's got four stars it's cute what else is there to do is this a 24 hour town first of all is this like a yeah yeah not really no no (laughs) not really no and I think even less so I was listening to the London episode and she was saying you know London is less so than New York and we're even less (laughs) so than London so no (laughs) Mm. I mean, and I'm not sure how it'll be at the moment. Everything is closing at 8 p.m. because of COVID. So everything shuts, all the bars and the restaurants and the cinemas and everything. Mm. But that's hopefully, hopefully that will not be the case then. That's meant to be till the end of January, but we'll see. The times that I've been there have been like either at the beginning of August or at the very end of August. And then, of course, for Tori in like June. 
And oh. I remember it being very light. It was like two in the morning. It was still sunny outside. <laughs> Is that like, yeah, but it's not going to be like that in March. No. So at the moment it gets dark at like half four. Okay. And so, yeah, there's a huge difference here between winter and summer. And yeah, in the summer it's bright till like 10 or 11 o'clock or yeah, but no, it won't be, it won't be like that in March. Mm. And then like when I first saw that she was playing that, Patrick's weekend of like, oh no, Tori, why? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Don't do it. Why? Why? Because, you know, I think people come specifically for this, but that's, it's just not what I'm into. It's just, it's very touristy and a lot of crazy heavy drinking. And, you know, the Temple Bar area that is oh, sort of. Do I know the Temple Bar area? Do yes. you know Temple Bar? <laughs> so there's videos of Temple Bar on Patrick's weekend where it's just rammed with people all over the streets. It's just insane. And I guess, you know, some people, that's what they want and great, you know, bombs away. For me, I would just run 100 miles away from that that's not what I'm into at all <laughs> so, so for us you know we would just not go near the city center that weekend at mm. all but I will for Tory. you think it's going to be wild because it's St. Patrick's Day weekend or is it going to oh I mean usually tame? it is yeah. yeah usually it's insane I'm excited I want to <laughs> I just want that experience I remember once this is disgusting but I remember once going with my brother this was 2011 and we went to ireland and we got really drunk in the temple bar and he spilled a drink he was like flailing his arms and he spilled his like beer on the table and the beautiful waitress and she came and she just like cleaned it up and she had her little bar rag i'm not this is disgusting so i don't know why i'm telling this but he she cleaned it up with the bar rag and she like squirted the rag you know released the liquid into the ashtray did that a few times yeah. and then she took the glasses that we had dropped or that my brother had dropped and she went to the mm-hmm. bar my brother then decided that he was going to take a shot of the dish rag beer from the ashtray and yeah it was the most disgusting thing that's ever happened and then he immediately vomited on me so that was my temple bar experience so i'm trying to erase honestly that's a very typical temple that's why i don't go there yep yes iconic (laughs) fit right in you'll be fine yeah okay this show i mean she always does an amazing show in dublin right Yeah, I'm excited for it to be the last show. Mm -hmm. I think for Native Invader Tour, we were the beginning. Yeah, second show. And I think there's a really different feel. I'm really looking forward to how, how the end of a tour feels. I've never been to like the last show. And I'm really looking forward to that. If I have any advice, it's always to never miss the last show, like on any tour, because it is so magnetic. She's so present and she's giving and it's just, yeah, it's really, really special. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, So Olympia, the Olympia is in the city center. It's like right there. It's right in the middle. Yeah, it's on Dame Street, which is kind of the border of Temple Bar. Um, And then if you so, yeah, if you're at the doors of the the Olympia, Temple Bar is right behind you. And then if you go forwards, your Dublin Castle is in front of you. And then all those little cute little streets with all the kind of nice cafes and restaurants and stuff are kind of in front of you. So that's that's the way I would go. (laughs) Don't go behind. (laughs) Talk to us about the food scene. I'm not sure that I know much about the Irish food scene, but is there something that we have to try? What are your favorite restaurants? Where should we go for a big pre-show dinner? There's lots of gorgeous places. You know, I think there isn't really an Irish, in inverted commas, food <laughs> thing. I mean, I, there is, in a, in a touristy way, there is, but I wouldn't be going to those places. But there's lots of really nice places. There's, and all along, the, you know, Exchequer Street and Wicklow Street and 
Camden Street, there's just tons of little places. And there is actually one that's sort of Irish in inverted commas. It's called the Winding Stair. And that's just right across the Liffey. On the other side, just right there on the quays, kind of upstairs. And it's really, really nice. And that would be more kind of more inexpensive, like a, a treat night out. But then if you just want sort of more casual, there's one a place called Pickle that's gorgeous. That's like Indian, really, really nice food. Mm-hmm. There's another one called Delahunt, and that's, you know, really nice food and gorgeous cocktails. They're amazing cocktails there. Mm-hmm. There's another place called Eli, which is kind of a wine bar. They've, you know, lots of gorgeous wines and things like steaks and pasta and things like that. A really nice place, more kind of in the daytime, maybe for coffee or for drinks too, is the Westbury Hotel off Grafton Street. And it's just gorgeous. It's like one of, we have a couple of, um, you know, I don't know, are they like four star or five star? But I think Tory stayed there a few times and it's just their kind of lobby area has beautiful chandeliers and just it feels like a real treat to go in there. And if you go in there for a coffee, it's like twice the price of just getting a coffee somewhere else but it's for, it's totally worth it just for the people watching and it feels like yeah a gorgeous experience they have lovely cocktails there too what is the irish obsession with corned beef is that something i must try <laughs> i'm only saying that because i looked up i swear to god i've been like i vastly between like if i'm going to be like adventurous like eating wise this trip or if i'm just going to like stick to what i know but i looked up irish dishes and i came up with this 69 favorite irish recipes and like 50 of the 69 are corned beef dinners no that is a bad list no okay i've never had corned beef ever oh, okay i know i think i think it actually is particularly a cork thing not dublin but if you go to in Temple Bar, if you go to the touristy places, they will give it to you. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend it really. Okay. <laughs> um, they do at Christmas time as well. The in Cork they do like a spiced beef. That is a very particular variation of that. But again, I haven't had it. Yeah, I you know a lot of those lists like they're not really how we eat at all. It's more kind of the leprechauns and the cliches. Right. What about what about shepherd's pie? Oh yeah, I do love shepherd's pie. That what is, is that? lovely. Yeah. Shepherd's pie is just beef cooked with, say, carrots and celery and things like that. And then you put that in your dish and you layer kind of mashed potato on top and maybe some melted cheese on top. Mm-hmm. It's very simple. It's very plain, very simple, but it's real kind of comfort food. You wouldn't, I don't know, would you much get that in a restaurant? It's more kind of home, homey food. Mm-hmm. And then I'm looking at this delicious picture of what's called shamrock salad. Is that something we, we know? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> You can try. (laughs) Is that ridiculous? I mean, they sell shamrock. That weekend, you will be able to go into any of the little shops. And it's really a little bit of shamrock that you pin onto your jacket. But if you want to try try it as a... Fine. What about Irish Colcannon? Colcannon? Yeah, Colcannon is lovely. Okay. There's a lot of... There's a potato theme running through most of these things. Um, Mashed potato with kale, like curly kale, Uh. cabbage, chopped up really small, and butter and onions and pepper. And yeah, that is gorgeous too. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think Lotta from uh, Amsterdam was talking about something like that with mashed potatoes and kale mixed together, if my memory serves me correctly. I think this is, since this is the end of tour, I'm going to be just like eating everything, I think. Yeah, (laughs) Um, yeah. Everything that I can. Okay, cool. So we have 
arrived by train, we've checked into our hotel, we've paid a visit to the Moly, and we've taken our picture with Oscar Wilde, we've had coffee at Bewley's, and we've avoided corned beef at every restaurant in (laughs) Dublin. What is there to do on the night after the show? Like, what can we do in the evening time for fun? That's not a bar. Oh, after the show, that's not a bar. Or even the next day, because we'll be there for a little while after. You know, if you're doing that trip out to Delgany, there's another place that's close-ish by called Paris Court. And it's this big old gorgeous house and formal gardens. And uh, they have this big sign that they're like the number three garden in the world you know, in terms of these big formal gardens, but it is, it's really, really beautiful and really stunning. So I would try, if you're going out that way, I would go there too. If you see a picture of it, there's sort of, you know, the house is behind you and then the gardens are out in front. There's a big lake in the middle and then you can see the mountains behind you. There's one of the mountains called Sugarloaf that you can see right in front of you. And it's just absolutely gorgeous there. So I would maybe try and get there too. I'm looking at pictures of Sugarloaf Mountain. Gorgeous. Yeah, it is. It's really beautiful. Yeah. Do you know the Furies, the Irish band, the Furies? I do. Yeah. Uh, they're going to be performing at Vicker Street on the night after Tory. So Ooh. if I, if we were desperate to go to Vicker Street because we love the intimacy of the venue, oh, yeah. the Furies are playing. Should we? Would that be something you recommend? Oh, yeah. Yeah? That would be amazing. Yeah. Okay, and especially great. that weekend, I think there would be a brilliant atmosphere at that. Yeah, it says for there sure. are legends of Irish music and song. The Furies, renowned for their hit songs, I Will Love You, When You Were Sweet 16, The Greenfields of France, and um, plenty of others. They return to Vicker Street on Saturday, March 19, 2022. And actually, if you want to hear traditional Irish music, that weekend there will be it'll be everywhere too oh really like most years they would have open air things near on the other side of Stevens Green there's the National Concert Hall and they've had sort of big open air you know traditional Irish like a Cayley which is like the set dancing and there'll just be there'll be music everywhere that weekend what's the theater scene like because I feel like I might want to catch a play too while I'm there yeah so there's the Abbey Theatre is our National Theatre on Abbey Street, so very close by too. And you could look up, I'm not sure what'll be running there, but they have their main space and then they have a smaller space called the Peacock Theatre that does more sort of smaller independent kind of productions. Then there's another one at the near actually the Hugh Lane Gallery, there's one called the Gate Theatre, and that would be another very well known one. They tend, usually at the moment with COVID, it's all different, but they tend they would do in the summer and around St. Patrick's Day they might do sort of you know, some of the really well known Irish things like the Sean O'Casey plays or things like that that would be I suppose more appealing to the tourists but are still like we all know them very well too they're all they're worth seeing again then there I'm not sure in terms of the smaller places like there were lots of smaller tiny little places that are not there anymore so I'm not even sure because I don't don't really go out so much anymore (laughs) that's fair I'm too old but I'm sure there are still I just I'm not sure what which ones are still are still there. My uh, for years when I was in college and you know when we were younger, my husband was a big part of the, the more the music scene, the independent music scene, and he played bass in loads of bands and he had his own. They had like a collective where they would put on gigs and they had like a label. They were putting out music and it was really really vibrant. And I you know I would have known sort of everyone in that scene for a long time, and now I'm just totally out of. <laughs> out of all of that now so I'm not really as clued in of all the stuff that's going on. Marina Carr's haunting play Portia Coughlin is 
going to be at the Abbey Theater up until March 12th, and that's when it closes. Oh, <laughs> I know. So we oh won't good. get to see any Irish theater. Yeah. We've arrived at my favorite part of the show where, you know, it's harder in the English-speaking countries because it's like, uh, I just want to know, are these the greatest way to, like, make conversation in Ireland? So this is where I try out my Irish with you, if you'd be so kind. I'll try. Okay, fair. If we see a hot local, you know, we're at Bewley's and we're mm-hmm. having a chocolate and we forgot that we're dairy-free and we can't eat chocolate. So we're eating oh, a no. chocolate and we see a hot local. And we just want to strike up a conversation. How do you say, hello there. I like your beard and your septum piercing. Would you like to join me on the entire American Tori Amos tour this spring? Oh my God. I would say, first of all, that people are usually very friendly and very chatty maybe more so than you know maybe london people are not so chatty or maybe more wary i think pretty much here people will just chat away to you Mm. what would you say you just say how's it going or "Hi." hi you know and the thing is i think what you might find interesting is hiberno english which is a lot of the ways we use english is completely different to say the uk Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of the, say, the structures and the grammar of Irish, but directly put into English. Mm. So it's if you look it up, it's really interesting. So a lot of expressions or phrases that you might hear are direct translations from Irish. So if you use them, say in in London or in England, you know people would think you're crazy. But that's <laughs> so you'll h- how you'll hear English spoken here is very different to to other places because it's come from Irish. I've never heard of Hiberno English. I'm looking it up. It says Hiberno. English or Irish English is the set of English dialects natively spoken and written within the island of Ireland. Old English or Anglo-Norman was brought to Ireland as a result of the Anglo-Norman invasion of Ireland in the late 12th century. Dot, dot, dot. How would you invite someone on the entire American Tori Amos tour with you in Hiberno English? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what are the words for Tori Amos? <laughs> I don't know. See, this is the thing. This is the thing with Irish here is that we all learn it for like 14 years. It's Uh, compulsory in school. And then we all come out 14 years later and we can't speak it. (laughs) It's really bad. It's terrible. Shane from Cork was telling me that anyone who speaks Irish is just doing it to be twee. I mean, yeah, there's a kind of a, it's funny, there's a kind of a political aspect to it too. And there's a bit of a class thing. And there's a growing thing now here of all Irish schools. I taught in one actually years ago um, with my very broken Irish (laughs) and it was terrifying because they were all chatting away in Irish, very fluent and very fast and I was having to translate everything in my head and, you know, translate then back what I wanted to say and then Uh by the time I had it ready in my head it was too late and it was very stressful. That's so interesting because in comparison to where I grew up, which is New Mexico in the United States but it is a hugely Latino population majority Latino And when I was growing up, now it's different. But when I was growing up, it was a single language state. You weren't allowed to speak Spanish in school. Yeah. And so it became like a class thing. It really, really did. Mm -hmm. Like the class war around the language. Like Mm -hmm. if you only spoke Spanish, you're considered a lower class. If you spoke English with an accent, then you're sort of in the middle. But if you spoke English without an accent, I mean, it was just like a really weird dynamic. And I I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah, it's really interesting. And I think it's it was like that here, too. But a long time ago, you know, you weren't allowed to speak Irish now it's nearly gone the opposite way that if you're you know if you're in the shop or the playground and you hear a parent speaking Irish to their children there's it's like oh my god there's a real performative <laughs> aspect in it. You know, it's like, 
yeah. because it's not I mean it's sad too it's not a living language apart from very small areas mm. called the Gaeltacht areas mm-hmm. more or less kind of the west of Ireland and maybe Donegal but not so much here and you know I'm a teacher and I'm teaching it I mean my my kids are five years old so it's very basic level of Irish that we're doing with them but yeah it's a funny one and we're always giving out about the way it's taught to us that we can't have a conversation or we could have a very broken conversation but it's not very fluent that's so interesting what are some Irish warnings that you have like while we're there in Dublin like any either like things we need to be aware of so that we don't offend people or step on people's toes or warnings in terms of like COVID restrictions or anything Mm -hmm. like that you know, months ago, I think maybe the episode where you guys are buying all the tickets and you, you kind of lumped in and nearly emailed you. Oh, God, please always do. And stuff. Lumped us in with the UK. I know. I've learned so much. I've learned since then. I've learned. So don't do that. Um, <laughs> you know, I think in terms of Dublin, I think it's very safe. And there's, you know, there's maybe a couple of areas where you might be a bit more careful. There's a boardwalk along the river, so you might not go down there. That's okay. not so safe. And there's parts of maybe maybe the inner city um, that you might be a bit more careful, but I, you know, you kind of know by just how it feels around you. I think it's very, mostly a very, very safe place. Mm-hmm. I think if you just, especially on St. Patrick's weekend, don't be talking about <laughs> England or that, you know, that we're part <laughs> of, because we're just, it's still a really. I literally sense. would never these days. I've changed. That was July. Yes. <laughs> Julian, that was July. Months have gone by. <laughs> that was a long time ago, yeah. I've traveled all of Europe in audio format. I know a lot more now. <laughs> yes. You know, I was confused with Brexit. I just didn't know what was going on. I mean, we're still, It's. it has had such a huge impact here. It's been disastrous. Really? I mean, our, some of our supermarkets are still half empty because of the whole thing of importing and exporting food. Jeez. And, you know, if, even if we're buying things now from the UK, all very messy and complicated and for people traveling yeah it's a mess is there a tesco anywhere by there are lots of tesco's i love tesco i'm telling you i can't explain it i don't love grocery stores here in the states except for one i love wegmans which is in the east coast wegmans is like a upstate new york thing or Mm -hmm. like pennsylvania thing like i've been to many wegmans anytime i can go to a wegmans i'll go to a wegmans and i love it there i feel the same way about tesco tesco's are everywhere here so yeah you will find one but they're english you see i know i knew that i knew that (laughs) so go to an irish one when you're here the irish ones there's one called super value they're really nice and then there's some small like more independent ones too depending on who you're staying there's a gorgeous um well duns is another one an irish one they have a nice one in town too actually really close to the olympia that's one to go to too d-u-n-n-e d-u-n-n-e-s yeah got it every morning i have two hard-boiled eggs for breakfast that's Mm -hmm. just what i have for breakfast and it's very very difficult to do that on tour and i did it in 2017 but i would always have to go to like a grocery store every morning and buy like my two hard-boiled eggs while my friends were at starbucks eating pastries and coffee Would you like cook them then yourself or what would you do? No, 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 no. I here at home I cook them, but I would have to buy them prepackaged. Oh, so you can't buy, I don't think. Just You can't? I, no. What am I gonna I do? Come to my house. I'll make you hard-boiled. <laughs> oh, I'm actually, you know, it's funny because I actually start the tour in Dublin. I, like, fly into Dublin first, and then I fly from Dublin to Berlin so that I can do a round trip. So I can have oh, a round trip ticket. Yeah. So you'll have to make me five weeks worth of <laughs> hard-boiled eggs at the beginning. I mean, if you can pack them and carry them with you. And yeah. just, like, a cooler of ice. I just, like, car- it becomes oh my, my carry-on. Oh, my God, carry imagine. <laughs> Ridiculous. 
talk a little bit more about COVID restrictions, if you know any. At the moment, and apparently until the end of January, um, everything closes at eight o'clock. Okay. So theatres and restaurants and bars and everything kind of shuts at eight. Um, hopefully, I really, really hope that won't be the case in March. Um, it looks like we're kind of getting maybe to a peak or it's still kind of going up here at the moment in the, the Omicron wave. So we have to kind of wait and see how, how bad it gets or how high it goes. I don't know. The main thing we're all thinking about here is whether we can go back to school Oh, or yeah. you have to do online learning again because that nearly killed me the first time. Oh, really? Yeah, it was That's very, very yeah. hard. Yeah, I've been online for two years with my theater program and it's just been really difficult. So hard, yeah. And especially like last year, my kids were 10 and 11. Um, this time they're five. So for me, thinking about how would I teach five-year-olds is completely different to teaching the older kids. And, you know, I think with the five-year-olds, their parents are right there beside them. So... It's even more stressful. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because <laughs> you're kind of, you're doing a performance almost. Um, but I really hope it won't come to that. I really hope so. And then, you know, I think here everyone is really trying to do just mostly outdoor stuff at the moment. And like, we're just going to parks every day and we're not going to, like the cinemas and stuff are open, but I think nobody's going to them. And the same with like this time of year would always be the pantos in the theatre are the big thing. So some of them were cancelled and some of them kind of moved their times earlier. And But I think very few people are kind of doing that kind of thing at the moment. It's just too risky so i have so much planned for the night after the show or for the day after the show like we're gonna yeah. we're gonna drive to delgany and we're gonna inana in the church and then we're gonna yeah. try to get to limerick and kiss a blarney stone i guess and probably kissing a stone where many other people have kissed a stone is probably not the wisest thing to do right now so maybe yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe we'll take that off the list but i also found this late night walking tour it's called dublin dark side walking tour it's like the macabre side of dublin Ooh, yeah that could be really fun yeah yeah and it says it's like based around St. Mitchin's Church, Dublin Castle, Olympia Theatre, and the Hellfire Club. And it's two and a half hours long, and it's supposedly, like, very interesting. Oh, because the Hellfire Club is way out of town. Really? So you wouldn't be walking out there, I assume. They might bring you in a Hmm. bus or something. I mean, that's a long walk. (laughs) And it says there's going to be a ghoulish twist at the end. Ooh, yeah, the Hellfire Club is way up in the Dublin mountains. Um, kind of, we, we were up close to there today. And it's, yeah, kind of this, it used to be like where, I don't know, like motorbike guys would meet up there. But there's all kinds of stories. Pretty spooky. But that could be really fun. That could be really interesting. Yeah, it looks, the pictures look great. Jillian, thank you so much for being on the show, for sharing your insight and your wisdom with us. Tell us where we can find you online so that we can follow your adventures and get to know more about you. I am pretty good year on Instagram. I kind of didn't post a lot for a long time, but I'm starting to again now. So I'll, I'll try my best. Post as many pictures from tour as you can, because you're doing the two okay. London shows and the two Irish shows. Yeah. You're not going to do the ones in the middle? You're not going to do Manchester? And gl- and- no, I'd love to. I have to go to school. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. You have a job. You have a life. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> I'd love to. I'd really love to. Thank you for telling me all of these things I didn't know. I'm crushed that we're done with these episodes. <laughs> it's been... Just do them all again, like you were doing at the end of Paley. Just, do <laughs> Just redo it. Yeah. yeah. 
but like this time a little bit wiser where I don't mistake <laughs> the UK for anything else. Like, yeah, yeah, I'll try. We will have an episode coming out soon of our travel tips. There's things we didn't even get to talk about on these 19 episodes. For example, my favorite app, Splitwise, which helps you split your tour expenses with your group. It's an amazing app. If you don't have it, download Splitwise. But we have me and Peter and John have been preparing for this tour for so long. So coming soon, we'll have an episode with all of our tour travel tips. So that'll be the next thing. And then, of course, we're going to keep you updated on all the COVID procedures. Paul Roy is going to come on and talk to us about what he had to do to transition his COVID vaccination card to a Euro COVID card because he lives in France now. So he's got a little knowledge on that. So Jillian, thank you for being on our show and rounding out our tour with style and with class and with a little education and literature. Thank you. Thanks so much. It was great. And thank you for making it work. Not at all. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. Wow, that video makes you feel real busy, but it is good. And so is that album. And from one good sound to another, here live on stage from her album Little Earthquakes is Tori Amos. Never finger in the room is pointing at me. I want to spit in the face, Get afraid of what that could bring. I got a bowling ball in my stomach. I got a desert in my mouth. I figured that my courage would choose to sell out now. I've been looking for a savior in these dirty streets. Looking for a savior beneath these dirty sheets. I've been raising up my hands, dropping up the needles. Just what God needs One more thing What do we Oh, is it could be in a dream? 
Production of the Sideways Society. For more information or links to things mentioned on the show, please visit us online at songsoftoriamus.com.